0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Agile Podcast. Jeff Watts here and this week Paul Goddard and I, we went to a lovely little pub in the Cotswolds area of the country, gorgeous place, somewhere on the border of Gloucestershire and Wiltshire. The pub was called the Thames Head and as you can probably guess it's located at the head of the River Thames. And this was a product owner type podcast we spoke a lot about product owners and a lot about acronyms, MMPs, MRPs, MMFs, RATs and in general around the challenges between looking at exploring new ideas and exploiting existing mature products. Also around the challenges and the benefits of running good experiments so that we can not just fail fast but fail mindfully and some of the the psychological and personal challenges associated with being a product owner in this space and one final point uh, if you'll excuse this little bit of an advert we've been asked and badgered i would say for many years to create some merchandise and we finally got around to doing it so if you want to increase and enhance your podcast listening experience then you can buy a bundle of merch which includes a branded agile podcast bottle opener uh, a coaster and a drinking glass, all branded, lovely stuff. So if you're interested in increasing your experience, then head on over to inspectandadapt.com forward slash shop. End of advert. Play the jingle, listen to the episode. Cheers.
1: Cheers. Cheers, Mr. Watts. Oh, your, your oh, little... Uh, my uh, placemat is stuck to my... Uh, nothing to see here. Uh, my,
0: my glass there. Here, for those of you that are, are watching, you can see our new Agile Pubcast beer coasters. Or circular coasters. ones. Mm-hmm. Made from recycled something or other.
1: As opposed to the ones recycled plastic
0: had, had before, which were square. Yeah. But with rounded corners. Yeah, iteration two, version two. <laughs> the the evolution of the brand. Yes. Yeah, cheers. This is nice. Nice
1: proper English pub you know? what, yeah, why do you tell tell the listeners what you've got? Hopperation. Hopperation. A little bit of a play on words there, Jeff. Yeah, I like a play on
0: words and I like hops. So all <laughs> good, nice creamy, hoppy English ale. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. So welcome <laughs> to the Thames Head in the Cotswolds. Yes,
1: in a little, just outside a little village called Kemble. In uh, this is is this Gloucestershire or are we
0: in Wiltshire? still? I couldn't tell you to be honest. I would guess Wiltshire because we're pretty close to Swindon, mm. but I was surprised at how close to Gloucestershire Swindon is, close to the border.
1: Yeah, it is. So it may well be. I would say Gloucestershire, but I would might you? be wrong because yeah. yeah. um, um. we're near Syonester. Sirensext- Syonester is. Yeah. so I think, you yeah. are, I think it probably is but it's a uh, lovely little lovely little queen village not the best
0: weather today no it's the kind of end of again. June
1: isn't it and we would expect to be outside in our shorts today but we're both in our winter coats mm, I was just saying I was wearing thermals yesterday and watching the cricket hey. mm. that's, not, that's not a very not good the used, end of those June. two things you put together watching cricket in thermals no. but hey
0: <laughs> ding 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 the uh, the audio background of the kitchen there.
1: It's a real pub in a real 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 place. So yeah, there we are. Thatchers Hayes for me. Thatchers Hayes. So this is an Arkles pub, isn't it? A Swindon brewery. Hmm. Well, I think maybe that's Okay. Swindon. Yeah. Well, Yeah. And here we are. How are you? I'm all right. I'm uh, I'm good. I'm uh, caught the sun. I think. You reckon? Yeah. I was. Uh, I was out most of the weekend, I think. I've been doing a lot of outdoors. We played, t- played tennis. Mm. Doing a bit of tennis at home. With the kids and with the wife. On the drive? Mm. Or at a court? Proper tennis courts, yeah. Okay. And went out. We actually booked and paid for a tennis court. It was good fun. Played with some mixed doubles with a friend. A couple of friends. Me and Sabrina won, so we didn't fall out. It was <laughs> good. We got put ourselves on the same team, which is always worrying. Working hard. Yeah, It's, again seemed to be at the same pace that I would be if it was a normal, non-COVID time now. But uh, I got my first in-person workshop next week. Oh yeah, where's that? Or at, what, uh, what,
0: location-wise, it's local to me. Around the corner. Um, not quite around the corner, but pretty, pretty close. Yeah. At a sort of country estate type, manor type place, okay. you know
1: small little workshop
0: yeah yeah leadership workshop
1: <coughs> <coughs> many people
0: no a nice small team six or seven private thing yeah yeah,
1: awesome.
0: yeah. Very looking good. forward to that Get, dust the probably quite literally blow
1: the dust off the post-its I think actually this. yeah I had to do it other way I went in for a, I'm not sure if we pubcasted since since then but I went in for an in-person workshop which is really strange Only three people, only three or four people in it. Mm. But it felt very strange being in an office premises with a kitchen and a desk and a meeting room. It was all strange, all very weird. But it was nice, it was a nice change. Nice change. Did you remember stuff? Did it come back to you like riding a bike? Yeah, and it was like I came up with some some stuff off the cuff, which like, like exercises and. Facilitation stuff, hmm. posters and sharpies, just because I was trying to use all matter of colours and different sharpies that I could, as many things as I yeah. could do in one day, just because I could. But it was fun, it was nice to be back.
0: Good. <laughs> what else has been going on?
1: Uh, what else has been going on? My um, product owner class last, well, I've been doing an, an, uh, a kind of a blend really of company that wanted to do some training but, but split over a number of days right. it's kind of the first time we've ever done that so one day training one day off one day training online mm. rather than doing the two days yeah back to back which is a bit strange but it works quite well so it's it takes up more of the week but it's more sustainably paced which is nice so people have a chance to go back to their, their desks and Process day one before they come back and do day two. I but guess. do they, or do they did they get back into work and kind of forget what well, they're we doing? Well, we seem to pick up quite, you know, we have to do a recap on day two, which worked quite well. Okay. And people didn't seem to just um, forget too much. Good. That. But that was good. So, an interesting, what well, was worth, I'll have a chat with you about it, but an interesting discussion came up about the phrase minimum viable products. Yeah. Not one that you're a fan of, I know. <laughs> no, I know. It does kind of. Um, winded me up slightly and slightly irks me, but um, it came up right at the beginning of the class, on day day one, right at the beginning. And um, someone ref- referred to, we, we did an MVP on this. We did an MVP on this. Like, it's referring to refer a particular feature. Mm. We did an MVP version of this, which again, so that slightly jars with my perception of the phrase MVP. Well, the P stands for product, right? Yeah, and a a feature, in my mind, isn't necessarily a product. No, so you'd spike a feature. Yes, or use, maybe, streamline or test a feature, the viability of a feature, but it's not necessarily a product. So, I've always struggled with the fact that the words, the the acronym MVP has become overused and uh, overburdened. And it came up again towards the end of the course um, and about from my perception about what an MVP looks like and whether it's something which is a simple um, tactical first version or whether it is something more complete um, a slice of your entire product which, which adds a lot of Value and something that your customers actually like using rather than something that just which makes something functional. Mm. So it's something which actually, if you were a new company, if you were a startup, if you were pushing something out there, you're something that would actually be something that gets people's attention. It's not just something that does what everything else does already.
0: I know you've used the phrase minimum lovable
1: product, and well, yeah. I tend to use minimum valuable product. Yeah, so that's, and again, I'm not going to claim. Ownership of MLP, but that's that's some several companies that I know that's that's um, and there's loads more of the three letter acronyms that companies are using to try and remove away from MVP because it's becoming overused. But yeah, minimum lovable product is nice because it creates this idea of something which is you know nice to use, it's something Mm -hmm. which which is um, delights your customers. Just some just because something is viable doesn't mean that it will be used, yeah. So online, I saw a, a slightly more contradictory version it made me question myself um, slightly more contradictory version from um the source here is is, is um scott ambler Ah oh. um, well disciplined agile delivery mm. um and he so he's his de- definition of a minimum viable product I'll, I'll read it out to you according to this infographic that he's got here uh, and a minimum viable product is a simple mock-up prototype of a product that you can create to test a hypothesis with users. Functionality may be performed manually to simulate a service. Now that's not my in my mind what an MVP is. Not me. No. Mock up, no. And it's not something for me that's 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 a bit more basic. It's not a product for me, that's 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 something a bit more basic than that. That's kind of a beta version. It's not even that. I don't think. I don't think it's even that.
0: I mean, we've done yes. paper prototyping before. That's fine, but I wouldn't say that's a marketable product. That's
1: to test an idea. And you the, just get, to go back to the hot BT hothousing days, that was prototyping within three days. You yeah, that, but that say, would actually worked. But you wouldn't. That's not a product. You wouldn't. That's, for me. That wasn't a minimum viable product generated in three days. It was testing a, a theory. It was testing a.
0: They were iterating on ideas, weren't they? Could they market it? No, but did it work? Yes. So, yeah, they want you needed to make a phone ring, for example. You needed to be able to actually do it. needs to do something. Yeah. Yeah, There there was manual intervention, but it was. But no, the whole idea of mock-ups. That's because what people say they will do is not necessarily the same as what they do do, or will actually do. Yeah. Um. And. Hmm. I, see what, I think I see where he's coming from there. He's just trying to really make it cheap, cheap, cheap to, to test an idea. Um, and you should be testing hypotheses. I, th- I, think, I think what I struggle with there is the word mock-up.
1: Yeah. Because he describes on this um, this diagram here, Scott describes what I would what I have been de- determining as a minimum, valuable, lovable product that we just mentioned something called a minimum marketable product which he describes as mmp which is the first functional release of a product that sh- could that could be marketed to customers without damaging your brand now i think again even that's quite a, a loose description but rather than just damaging it it actually adds value and adds benefit to your brand it grows it grows your brand in my mind but that for me is what i would determine I try to push my product owners more towards looking at MVP if you're going to use that phrase you're going to use that acronym mm. that for me is something that I like to think an MVP should start to look like okay. something more that's not just viable but like you say more valuable and there's too many acronyms anyway in the world mm. and this um, I'm, I'm sorry Scott but there's this you've got another two acronyms MMR MMF and it's and it's beginning. Yeah, it's, it can become. It's confusing enough as it is. So those lines are a bit confusing to me. So an MMP is an MMR,
0: which informs an MMR, which is part of an MMR.
1: Mm. Yeah. No. I'm, the um. And he was also saying that the um, The the. Uh, the background or the, the source, the original source of the words MVP was from Lean Startup. And again, I don't know if that's necessarily true either. I think it's been around before. Mm. Who's claimed, Eric I think, Rees. that Eric Rees and, and, um, created
0: that, that No, I don't, I don't think Eric's ever claimed that. Okay. Well, again... I'm not an authority on it, but I think it's been around a lot longer than that. But the, the three-letter acronym that caught my attention a few years ago was the RAT, the R-A-T. Yeah, I know
1: you something you something go on about a lot. You have to <clears> explain which, that
0: one. Well, so the RAT is the riskiest assumption to test, which I would probably... Put here. Yeah, for, for, for the benefit of the tape. Paul, Paul <laughs> is pointing, pointing to towards the, the MVP on Scott's crazy little diagram. Um, no, so the riskiest assumption to test is basically trying to find out and this is this is the area this product or idea could fail at I'm going to test that first and quickly and cheaply so it's along the fail fast type line of thinking mm. um, and that's that's quick you know the quicker and the cheaper you can test that the better whether that is through paper prototyping whether it's through research whatever
1: but the obviously the you may well have a number of those assumptions that you want to test mm. as, as you learn one from one. You and you prioritise
0: based on the, the risk. I, if I'm going to, this product's going to fail. I want it to fail quicker rather than later.
1: Yeah. I had a lovely um, this face-to-face workshop, which is kind of linked. I suppose it's all linked together. It's a, I was doing a product strategy um, workshop for a company, and they were trying to again looking at this <laughs> difference between the levers about what you want to. So you've got the known. Knowns. So you're, you're, the, the parts of your product that you know we've built, maybe we need to change, adapt, and and um, and manipulate to allow us to grow that brand and that revenue more. So we think about it like a lever. You push the lever further, and yeah. you get you can rinse more value out of that certain feature or that that. Um, that part of the product then there's the unknown unknown so the the parts of the the the, the, and that's where that riskiest assumption to test comes in because those are the bits that we don't know if this is going to work yet we don't know if people are going to buy this we don't know if people are going to use this Mm -hmm. and it's those it's it's a blend isn't it between a a product development is 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 also is, is tapping into what people you know people are going to use you know people are going to want but also, it's, it's finding those things that people don't even know they want yet. Well, isn't that? Yeah. So I think you might. For me,
0: um, I'm, I'm, might have confused me a little bit there. So you've got an idea, but you don't know whether they whether your customers are going to buy it yet. To so yes. me, that's a known unknown. I know, I don't know that.
1: Yes. But
0: while you're going, something could come up that you weren't aware of even thinking about. Yes. Weren't even thinking about offering, didn't even know it was an option. Yeah, or, that's the unknown, That's your unknown, unknown yeah. And being in a position where you can quickly adapt <coughs> to those and you know, put everything that you're working on to one side because you found something really, really important,
1: really valuable, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's
0: I would say, true agility.
1: Yeah. And it's, again, all links back to Kinevin and it all links back to um, um, complexity theory. And again, I, was, I, I I asked you, a, a, um, I sent you a message the other week and uh, you, you just went, I can't remember. I think you just said, I can't remember. But I was asking you for a, a reference to a particular, another matrix, a two by two matrix, where the difference between exploration mm-hmm. and exploitation <laughs> yeah. from product development. Mm-hmm. So I was searching um, uh, on Google for it and, and looking around for some some references. And again, so I found something similar, but it's about that that two by two quadrant. And again, we might put some graphics on the screen here for people that, that, that are looking. When we video say ways. we, see, I, I will. You I will. might But about as in product development, so your known. Let's get this right. So your known unknowns over probably are more in that kind of explore area. Mm. So you want to new feature development. Let's try this. Um, exploit, which is your. Um, known knowns mm-hmm. the things that you know work yep. people are buying it do more of those but what's interesting is the, when those features start to degrade yeah. again which I think they refer to in this particular diagram as exhaust mm-hmm. so they, uh, they're they becoming old they're mm-hmm. becoming slow and stale. They're, they're stale they either need to be ripped apart and thrown away or re- redeveloped reengineered. and the fourth element was um which is the chaotic development? Which is innovation? Which is uh, exact? It wasn't exact. It was experiment. Okay. So it's that kind of new idea comes in. We don't even know if this is, uh, you know, this is, people are going to uh, enjoy this yet. So yeah, it's, and it might be then taking. So it's kind of a loop. It takes back. You can take some of those stale features, hmm. re-engineer them, re- re-imagine them, and see if people like to use them instead but different, in a different way. Okay. So, like, yeah, it was, that product strategy thing was trying to, again, this particular company was heavily, heavily in the exploit. Mm. And um, trying to allow... My, I saw my role as trying to look at the balance of that Was thinking, what's that telling you? Yeah, what, yeah. What, are you too much in one area? Which I thought was quite nice.
0: Yeah. <sighs> well, Scrum Alliance, uh, that's always been a... As far as... As long as I've been involved, that's always been a thing because they've had their, they've had their exploit, which is the CSM. it's it's an unfortunate word in many ways because exploit means to me someone's suffering. You're taking advantage of somebody, and that's not that's not the intention of that definition Mm. in this in this context. But they've had their product, their cash cow. That's that was the term I grew up with, the cash cow. Mm. Um, Their CSM, and they've they've experimented with lots of others, and they've they've expanded. Um And some things have worked, and some things haven't the CSD, for example, is something that never really took off, but then yeah. they've tried to repackage that um, reimagine that yeah um, and some others have so the advanced pathways the cSP pathways' that's, that's changed over time, yeah, based on feedback and discovery um, yeah I mean I, I look at I look at my my suite of offerings, if you like, and it's it's very broad. You know. Yeah. Um, perhaps I've expanded too much.
1: Yeah, well, th- but we said again, we said this time and time again, that it's all good stuff. Covid taught me; it forced me straight back into that experimental phase. That. Um, mainly I suppose mainly because of necessity and maybe because of time so all of a sudden that exploit area for me the CSMs and CSBOs just stopped mm. for six months and um, you, you think well I've got to come up with something else I've got to offer something else so I came up with two or three other workshop type <laughs> online offerings a couple of them worked really well but, but the the benefit is that there's part, there's elements of all those things that I'm still doing now, and I've probably pushed more as a result. So it's got those kind of COVID moments, those lockdown moments, where all of a sudden everything changes. Probably did. It was probably the kick up the arse I needed back in March last year to 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 generate something new, to try something new. Well, that's I've
0: seen. That's where I've seen. Um, I was going to say competition but not not as most people would interpret the phrase competition Um, just sort of fresh ideas yeah within an organization so as a product owner I know product owners that love this is something that I cover actually with the product owners that I coach down the, the advanced pathways what kind of product owner are you, Where do you what, what aspects of product ownership do you enjoy what parts of the product life cycle do you enjoy the most but just get a bit more self-awareness because some really enjoy the innovation the creativity the experimentation and when something gets into that exploit phase they get bored Yeah. whereas some people really like to, to drive that bit and actually they're the coming up with different ideas not something they're interested in they don't like the experimentation they don't like the trying lots of different things with, with, which they see as waste And yeah. just it's not right or wrong it's just what they enjoy the most um, and that that sense of uh, within a, within an organisation, if you've got a product owner that's that's, that's really good at, at that, you know, they, they they they're exploiting that product and really getting the most out of it, making sure that they're getting it to the whole of the market, the available demographics, um, and really squeezing the milk out of that cash cow to use that analogy. Then it's tempting to stay in that yes. space because so that's you, where the rewards are. Yeah, but the the, the economies of scale deteriorate, that they, uh, what's the word you use? Degrade? Is that the word you used earlier on? Yeah, my done. Um, and that product becomes a little bit stale and yeah. if you're going to to stay relevant you need to, you need to evolve but maybe that person is not the right person to evolve mm. and so you need somebody else from the product side of the organisation to come in and, and shake things up a little bit, try something new, go in a different direction. Um, and that that sort of I know Nigel was talking about exploit squads when he was watching Alex there wasn't he talking about explore squads and exploit squads having, okay. that, having that sense of because it's a different kind of mindset yeah. of a broad focus or a narrow focus because hmm. if you are exploiting something you don't want to get distracted no you really want to stay focused in your area and get the most out of it and not get distracted by different stakeholders or different variants or anything like that no 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 I just want to this is where yeah. we are But if you are exploring then you don't want to get
1: stuck in one um, furrow, planning one furrow. But that probably lends itself well, particularly to software engineers. You think about what's attractive. Um, A lot of software engineers want to discover. They They like to explore. They like to try new, don't they? So especially if you find yourself more in that exploit area. Oh, I'm
0: thinking. I'm thinking back now. We won't use the real names, but think about some of the people that we used to work with in the software space. I think you could probably put them into a couple of different categories, should not you? You could think of yeah. You know, the couple of the people that sat next to me would be very much calling me in. We uh, haven't done that for a while. Yeah, let's call him Ian <laughs> Yeah, he would not be interested in anything new. He, he, no. no, Ian would but, be be. But um, you know, our, our little Antipodean friends. Yeah. They got bored very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, our, and our Dutch friends I wonder for, if that's
1: changed in, the recent, in more recent times though cause maybe I'm just working with different people I'm not, working with, I'm not working with many people that work for BT I suppose but um, I've seen a, working with a lot of graduates and a lot of younger younger people mm. who enjoy technology is changing probably more rapidly now than it, than it was 10, 20 years ago. So I think um, there's, um, there's, there's not lots of new there's lots of new companies and there's lots of new, new tech so um. I think there's there's partly an age thing you
0: think? partly I think it's not it's not a a, a completely 100% rule but I think in general younger people are more comfortable with with change and new and um, experimentation the older you get the less secure you get I think the more security you want the more cynical you are the less energy you have all these different it's it's a very generalisation but If you look at the people that we used to work with then you could put it would be yeah there would be a correlation with age Mm. yeah very
1: true true. so
0: the challenge i think for
1: product (laughs) owners is to stay young mentally but i like that that sense of uh, a diverse um, thought process even within because that's the that's the downside to a single product owner Mm. is if you've got a product single product owner who's who can't make those decisions or or put themselves in that different um, um, process or within that different and it's also about the speed the speed at which you know within that more of that exploit domain you know you're going to get fast quick results Mm -hmm. obviously the um, slowing things down trying things out running experiments you know some of those aren't going to work some of those are going to give you the wrong or different results Results that you can't pursue, and it's like having that patience, I suppose. Again, personality types is going to weigh into that as to which you prefer. Well, that's see, there's just that that choice of words there
0: that you slipped into. Mm -hmm. Some of those experiments won't work, yeah. And I think that's the mindset for a lot of people is that these experiments either work or they don't work, but they all work, oh, yeah, they all work, but some of the results don't give you something that you can run with, but that's still working because you're narrowing down your options yeah. you're learning but a lot of people they, they have this attachment to the results you put effort in you want to actually see something come out of it yeah. and, and being able to let go of something that you put energy into yeah. and effort and money is very, very difficult yeah.
1: the difficulty is is when you've got perhaps stakeholders management, managers, directors of the company whatever that might be who are pushing the need for especially during these times is for bottom line revenue generation in terms of numbers and commercials. Yeah, when you've got your uh, internal stakeholders pushing quite hard for much more of that exploit, those mm-hmm. mm-hmm. features. Short-term hedonism, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and that as if you're the single product owner or if you're a, a lone product owner that perhaps doesn't have... <laughs> You know, within the organisational structure, doesn't have quite so much authority yep. or um, experience. It's hard to tell those more um, vocal stakeholders to say, "Look, no, we're 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 focusing now on these elements." Well, this is the hard for me. This is the hardest part
0: of the product owner role. I was actually, I, I did a session this week. I was asked to go along to some book club and they asked me about the, you know, the hardest part of the role Yeah. so for me this is the hardest part of the role is <clears throat> having confidence in yourself when you've got so much uncertainty mm-hmm. because you'll never know no. you'll never know and, and so the easiest thing is to just if somebody's shouting loudly for something is to say oh go on then because then if, if it's wrong then it's on you but yeah. still the product fails regardless of who's wrong yeah, exactly. yeah. <clears throat> and sometimes yeah, you've got to be able to withstand feedback if it doesn't take you closer to that vision but equally you can't be too attached yeah. to that vision if it turns out that the data is telling you something else mm-hmm. yeah. so you've got your own cognitive biases that are blinding you to your blind spots mm-hmm. and you've got your own self-doubt which is magnified because of the uncertainty yeah um, it's a really difficult place to be as a product owner to, to, to take a stand for something without that you don't have a crystal ball mm. just having you yeah. know
1: yeah, Yeah, it's easy to fall back onto the certainty, isn't it? Yeah.
0: But you can't stay there forever. Yeah, and that short-termism is so tempting. Yeah. That future is so uncertain that, you know, you, well, I know this is working right now, but it won't forever, but it is now. <laughs> um, yeah, we call that temporal discounting. But I like you, that um, phrase, yeah. You discount something simply because it is in the future. You don't pay it enough attention or give it enough value or credence because it's not now. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Or is I, it
1: and that's a phrase I tried to explain to my daughter the other day, but I couldn't. Daddy, what does that mean? I said, don't know, darling. <laughs> <clears throat> if you're holding on to something, yes. you know
0: you've got one. Yeah. You could have two, right? But yes. they might get away. Yeah. Sure, sure. So it's that idea of hold on to what you've got because
1: you're not sure that you can get that. Yeah. That's why it's hard to save money. Yeah. Why it's hard to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Much like I'm trying to at the moment. So, yeah. So it's hard to. But what makes you do that? It's like, yeah. Well, there's, there's without getting too deep, there's
0: there's the there's the element of mortality. Yeah. In that you know that products die but also we're going to die mm. so the, the future isn't guaranteed mm. whereas what we've got right now is mm. but also we so i've always known it as the endowment effect but i read yesterday someone calling it the ikea effect okay um which is that if you've got something if you own something you place a greater value on it than it's objectively worth so that it's it's morphed into the Ikea effect because you and I could both go to Ikea by the same table. Yeah. But the fact that you've taken yours home and made yours and I've taken mine home and made mine means that we both value oh, ours differently because we've partly we've made created it. Because it. we create it. we put it together. <clears throat> but also, we yeah, we, we now have a sense of ownership around it rather than... We haven't just bought it. It's not, not just a purchase. Mm. Which is sometimes enough because we now own it. But the fact that you've put your own literally sweat Mm. into it Uh, sometimes blood Mm. sometimes tears (laughs) (laughs) Uh, having just had a weekend of building IKEA furniture yeah (laughs) Um, it's yeah you have that greater sense of ownership which is irrational but Mm. we are as Dan Ariely said predictably irrational Mm. as human beings and this is something that not only do you have to take into account of yourself as a product owner and your stakeholders but your users and your consumers as well In fact, there's um, I just read a book by John O'Bacon about the power of, it's called People Powered, and one of the chapters is called Humans Are Weird, and I know I, I say quite regularly in the courses that we teach together, people are weird. Yeah. Um, it's true. We are very, very weird, but in many ways, predictably weird.
1: Mm. Yeah, Interesting. There you
0: are. Are we done? Are we done? We're still drinking. That's definitely an MVP of a a podcast, isn't it? Is it an MP? Can we release it? MMR?
1: MMR. Who knows? knows.
0: Let's ask Scott. (laughs) He doesn't know what he's talking about.
1: Yeah, but if you've got any um, thoughts, we will um, tweet, perhaps tweet the picture. Perhaps we shouldn't. Mm. Oh well, why not? um, We'll we'll share share the picture and uh, ask what people think. It started debate on it. Cheers, mate. Yes. Yes. Cheers one. Nice one. <laughs> Cheers all. Ta-da.